Welcome, beautiful people, to Growthology Podcast. I'm Lorena, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist that is very interested in the science behind all things well-being and growth. And I am Monica. I'm a working mom, a wife, currently a college student, and I'm just an everyday person who's trying to live a happy and healthy life. In our podcast, we discuss topics like personal growth, wellness, mindfulness, and emotional intelligence, and hopes to grow a community of positivity. Today, we are talking about gratitude. A little overview about this episode is what is gratitude? We'll talk about why does it matter and why you should care about it if you strive to be a happier human being, and different ways that it can help with traumas and how do we implement. Fall is in the air. This weekend was actually the first weekend under 95 degrees, so that was awesome. So over here in Arizona. Um, School has started, unfortunately, for me. (laughs) (laughs) Halloween stores are opening up. Soon it's going to be Thanksgiving, And there's going to be so much social pressure about more, more, more with the holidays coming. So stressful. Right? I think that it's important for everybody to just take a breath and take things slow and appreciate what we have. This has always grounded me in my life, just kind of reflecting and being happy. So, Lorena, what can you tell me about gratitude? Well, according to the dictionary, the definition of gratitude is the quality of being thankful, the readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. So, how would you describe gratitude from a therapist standpoint? Well, gratitude is all about noticing the good things in our lives. So, it's focusing on what we do have rather than what we don't have. Not sure if anybody has heard of gratitude attitude, but gratitude is not just something that we do, but rather a way of living. It can serve as a sort of guide that we go through life and how we choose to go through the journey of life. Do we want to go through life complaining, focusing on the things that are going wrong, or do we want to express gratefulness for what we have and how our struggles have actually been periods that offer us an opportunity for growth? Now, we can also talk about the emotion of feeling grateful, and this emotion does not happen naturally, how how we usually think, we don't really think about feeling happy, we don't really think about feeling sad, these emotions just sort of happen, but gratitude is different. I know that we've all been there when we were kids and our parents telling us that we should be grateful for what we have, let's say we were bored. And then we would also hear things like, back in my day, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and now I find myself saying these things as well to kids that are, you know, younger with all the technology they have and the cell phones they have at such young ages. But hearing this was definitely not helpful for me as a kid, but what's more beneficial is actually teaching others, including children, how this needs to be put into practice on a daily basis. It's not going to be beneficial unless we deliberately choose to demonstrate gratitude throughout our day-to-day life. 
I think it's just so hard to think of it, like you said, on the day-to-day reminding ourselves of Mm -hmm. gratitude. Yeah, it definitely has to become a habit for it to have the benefits. Mm -hmm. So going on to the benefits and how it could help with trauma and other mental illnesses, psychologists have found that practicing gratitude has an endless amount of benefits. No joke. Gratitude has positive effects on our psychological well-being, our physical well-being, and even interpersonal well-being, so how we relate to others and our social life. Practicing gratitude has been found to boost happiness up to 25%, and it improves both physical and psychological health. In particular, like I mentioned with people that are already struggling with mental health issues. When we practice gratitude, the way we view the world shifts, and gratitude serves as a sort of blocker for all those negative emotions like resentment, envy, and any other negative intrusive thought. I automatically relate this to thinking of the glass half empty or the glass half full concept. Mm -hmm. Like that amount never really changes, but it's just that perspective of how we see it and how we react to it. And that's the part that we really control, even though you might think that it's not in your control, but that perspective is what's in your control. And I really wanted to hit on what you said that people that are going through those mental health issues or struggles it's so hard to find gratitude while you're going through something. And that positivity is is really hard to find in the day-to-day when you're really hurting. Yeah, definitely. I use gratitude as a way to deal with some of my traumas. So, you know, unfortunately, I've experienced some physical and emotional trauma. So I've had um, some history of sexual assault. And no, you can never go back and change those situations. I think that those situations are really hard. A sexual assault specifically is kind of like a power thing. Um, That's Mm -hmm. something that I had to understand. But not letting that person having power over me anymore was one way that I used to kind of deal with that trauma and treat myself. Well, I mean, with therapy and everything else, but that's what I tell myself. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it's easy to get upset in those situations. And of course, you know, sometimes like there's just bad people who do bad things. You know, I do find myself like even in my today, like being really wary of people and, you know, not trusting, but I have to remind myself, you know, not to live in fear just because of those traumatic situations. Yeah. So if, If you were talking to somebody that had experienced something similar and wanted to use gratitude as a way to cope or as a way to continue to move forward, how can someone go about doing that? Could you give examples of how you implemented gratitude in a way that helped you with a specific trauma? I mean, definitely going to therapy was was the biggest first step that I took in talking about those issues because, you know... I was going to therapy, but I wasn't talking about these issues. And Mm -hmm. that's like that next level of therapy and like taking it seriously. So even if you're you're going to therapy or you're going to, you know, whoever that support group is, for some people, it's a spiritual thing too. Like really talking about those issues and those things that are bothering you and going through with whatever the therapist wants you to do. 
I would say would be the first step, but it's all about that perspective piece. And when you're, when you're in your emotions and you're hurting and you're thinking, you know, about like how, how that person made you feel and all of those questions of self doubt that you go through, it starts enforcing that negativeness inside you. And actually one of the the tools that they gave me that was really beneficial was challenging each one of those fears and anxiety. Um, So like physically writing it out and diving into, okay, was this my fault? Um, If I would have done this differently, could it have changed the situation? So writing out each Mm -hmm. thing that I kind of questioned in my own heart that gave me anxiety and then right next to it going back and challenging it on my own and it's like even if I would have done something completely different these things still happen to people right and kind of like understanding that sometimes there's things that are out of your control you know unfortunately you have to accept you have to accept the past and then start focusing on on your future because if not, you're just re-victimizing yourself every time, like not intentionally. Yeah, reliving it. But starting that next step of of really overcoming, um, and it's hard. It, it's hard mm-hmm. to to say when it's when you're not the one processing it because it took me months, months of yeah. of really yeah. going back and kind of solidifying um, my emotions. Yeah, that so that's really helpful. Um, I think because I think all of us have been through some sort of trauma. That is a really good piece of information and a way to cope and start the healing process. Mm -hmm. And like that exercise, I know it's specific for for trauma, but it's also really helped with like anxiety. So apart from gratitude being a really good help for you to heal trauma, and this is something that you used in order to move forward, um, there's a paper that was written in 2018 by the Greater Good Science Center called The Science of Gratitude. And this paper suggests that gratitude aids in increased satisfaction with life, helps us make us less materialistic and focus on the things that really matter. We get better sleep. We're less likely to experience feelings of burnout. We feel less fatigued and we have greater resiliency. In terms of groups of people, like I talked about before with a pro-social piece, it helps people become more social, which we know is something that increases our mental well-being. So gratitude can also help strengthen our relationships. It's found to help employees' effectiveness in the workplace, and may also help increase our own job satisfaction. Studies also found that people who implement gratitude feel less pain and have stronger immune systems. It's really interesting that you mentioned the workplace. So I just finished a book and it's called it's called Crucial Conversations and it focuses mm-hmm. on difficult conversations and kind of how to navigate when you're in an uncomfortable conversation. And one of the the concepts that it had was, you know, toxic work environments. And I know that toxic work environments or toxic people are really hard to deal with. One of the points that it has is how we naturally kind of distance ourselves and put it into like two categories of like the hero and the and the villain. So and of course, mm-hmm. we're always the hero in our own story, right? We're, <laughs> we're never yeah. the bad person. We'd like to think so. <laughs> 
Right. But a lot of times there could be just a huge miscommunication problem or a misunderstanding. But when we start putting those hero and villain faces on people, then we start to, you know, victimize ourselves and saying, oh, this person's out to get me. Oh, there's another example of that. And we kind of feed into that when originally it could just be generated from people just having really bad communications. So that was a, a really interesting concept that that book kind of put out there Yeah, that I thought was interesting. Yeah, that's a really good point. It makes you think of, you know, the black and white thinking and just the dichotomy that we live in in our world between, you know, good and bad. And um, like you said, the the villain and the hero of the story. And even in politics, like the right and left, it's such a just two side, two sided. And it's sometimes difficult to see, you know, there are gray areas, just because somebody does something that's considered bad doesn't make them necessarily a bad person. Um but we always like to say that we are pretty good at judging others, but then mm-hmm. we we don't reflect and judge ourselves and what we're doing. Right. And then we might be on the other side of that. And I'm sure to them, mm-hmm. we're, we're the villain. Yeah. We're, mm-hmm. we're the one that's making judgments or that's being harsh or, you know, that's reflecting those same negativities into that relationship. So, yeah. And I always think that there's three sides to reality. Mm-hmm. Like yours, mind, and what really happened because our perception is different. So the way that view we view that same situation is different, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily mean that one is right and one is wrong. It's just how it's just our reality. Yeah, exactly. It's like that person looking at the six and somebody else sees a nine. It's like yeah. nobody's really wrong. Yeah. It's just that different perception. Mm-hmm. I always think about like that negative person at work. And to say everybody's on them, they never work hard enough, um, they're never appreciated, and they just keep hitting on those negativities. And, you know, when that's you, then it it festers inside of you. There's times that I've had those negative thinking and that negative um, kind of concept going on in my own mind, and it would Mm -hmm. just make me really upset and really disgruntled. I mean, before you know it, it just takes over. It just like builds in that inner resentment and hate inside of you. And you really don't have like the openness to find gratitude in those situations because you're focusing so much on the negative. But if you take a step back, then you might find that it's just a a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And you can find ways to, to fix a situation that's toxic. Yeah. So one of the most inspiring Air Force leaders, the 18th chief. So I'm going to be really blue right now. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I know you're not in the military anymore. Hurrah. <laughs> but Light, fight, win. Look, I'm trying to make light of this situation. I'm on contract, okay? <laughs> but it's okay. I'm not, so I can make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. (laughs) Uh, So one of the most inspiring Air Force leaders is the 18th Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force. I feel you rolling your eyes as I'm saying this. I'm not. I'm just (laughs) sitting here listening. (laughs) Um, But Chief uh, Khalith Wright. So he did this lecture to the Air Force Academy, and he really touched on mindfulness and everything he says is amazing. But 
he made a statement and I found that really inspiring. So he touched on toxic workplaces, basically how when he goes to sections, sometimes there's people that are like, hey, this environment, it's toxic. People are toxic. And it's not necessarily that he's throwing out what they're saying Mm -hmm. is that he sees it as can people fix that situation, right? Yeah, like, hey, you're the people in this work environment, so what are you doing about it? Exactly. What are you doing about it? And it's those people that work through those difficult work environments and that improve the work environments and improve that communication. Those people are are strong leaders. And and this just, like, blew me away because I'm just, like – there's some horrible leaders in this military and I'm just like, nobody can help them. But how much am I helping the situation by enforcing that already negative environment? And that kind of like really shifted my attitude and my perspective is like, which, which energy am I feeding into? Am I feeding into the people that are talking negative And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, this person is horrible. Or am I trying to find light or trying to fix the situation? Right. Yeah, definitely. When I hear you talk about the workplace, it automatically takes me to times in in places that I've worked that I felt have been toxic. But then moving out of that victim role, I see that I also played a role. Mm -hmm. And I fell into that toxicity of, oh, these people are gossiping or these people are just talking about all the bad things about our job. Mm -hmm. And thinking back about that time and the particular job that I was at at the time, I was in such a bad place mentally. And this was affecting me all around, like even at home, my relationships, Mm -hmm. just my health, my sleep. I wasn't exercising. I was eating really unhealthy food. So it it really spiraled into like other areas of my life, just being in that negative work environment. And then on the other side, I've been in work environments where, you know, people are kind. And then I fall into that, that, mm-hmm. that role of like being grateful for having a job. And that's basically where I'm at right now because I have been mm-hmm. implementing daily gratitude for about three to four months now. And I've seen it make such a, a big difference where I find myself complaining less. I just feel more, you know, like I said before, you really do start to feel more of the positive emotions. Mm -hmm. And it's so much easier to fight off those negative emotions when they do arise because the reality is that they will they will come about. That's life. It's just about how are we managing those emotions when they come? Mm -hmm. And are we able to bounce back to to feeling stable again. And one of the things that you said in one of our earlier episodes of our podcast is you you talked about how like our mind is like a a plant and what we feed into Mm -hmm. it is basically what the results are. And this is so true when it comes to like gratitude and like negative thinking. It's like you're feeding yourself one or the other. And right that whatever you know what is it what you sow is what you reap yeah and if you're Mm -hmm. feeding into it that's just what you're gonna get yeah Mm -hmm. next we're gonna talk about barriers to becoming grateful we always have i i have i actually have trouble differentiating 
sometimes between barriers and excuses because I want to be empathetic to myself mm -hmm. and others about the reality of barriers but then I feel like there's a fine line in my brain between barriers and uh, excuses but anyway some of the barriers <laughs> I think that's hard because it's your work and you're a professional mm -hmm. so I'm sure a lot of people give you excuses. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. So it's it's definitely difficult to find that balance of, you know, is this an excuse or is it a real barrier that you're going through right now? And with things, mm -hmm. especially with mental illness, like some things are truly difficult to do. But yeah, that, that could be yeah. a whole other episode in and of itself. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. So <laughs> one of the barriers is like we basically just talked about is being around negative people. So it could be really hard hard to be grateful and have all these nice warm fuzzy feelings when we're around people that are Debbie Downers it's already hard to express gratitude alone but then when you have to kind of fight off negativity all around you that just makes it even harder and sometimes like those people like just happen to be around you mm -hmm. like they're in your work section sometimes they're you know down the hall or there's somebody that you pass through every day and it's so hard when those people like I swear they're like strategically placed by fate to challenge you mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah definitely avoiding And if you can't avoid the negative people, avoid feeding into the negativity. Right. Not just jumping on that boat. Right. Or I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to like make light of the situation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people like to have a pity party. And I think we all do at times, but it is definitely important to know who you're doing it around. Like I don't, right. I think as a society, we have come very, com we have become very comfortable having those pity parties with just anybody, like people that we're not even close with. And that's not healthy mm -hmm. because these people that we are complaining to don't really care about our problems and they might even be right. getting joy <laughs> from watching us suffer. But we're just yeah. so used to doing it anywhere we go. Like I've even seen, It's even normal mm -hmm. to for yeah. strangers to come to complain to strangers, you know, like this damn line at the grocery store is so long and these people are so slow. And then everybody's just like, oh, yeah, you're right. It is slow. This is annoying. And it's like everyone just like jumps on the bandwagon. But like, I think mm -hmm. that we definitely do need those times to decompress. And if we feel like we have all this weight and we need to vent. I think it's important to do it around people that we trust and people that we love and let them know mm -hmm. like, hey, I need a vent session right now. I don't necessarily need your um, advice. I just need to get it out and then we can move on. <laughs> right. So just being aware, I mean, in general, like definitely now one of the bigger lessons I learned is mm -hmm. just trying to vent only to like those people in my circle yeah. about like those day-to-day -day negativity things because you don't want that to because then you're feeding into that negative environment yeah. again mm -hmm. and maybe your feelings are justified or they probably are everybody's feelings are justified but is it really appropriate at that location at that time with that person mm -hmm. and kind of questioning that um 
And one of the the definitions that I wanted to bring up today is emotional intelligence. So the definition is the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. I think that this concept is amazing, obviously. I've always you know, try to understand my own emotions, but it's not only understanding your emotions, it's understanding other people's emotions mm-hmm. and being able to handle both emotions at the same time and not be quick to like snap back at people or, you know, also being aware enough to be, okay, this is a time that I'm going to show empathy. Um, I really like any books on emotional intelligence. I think that's the majority of the books, I mean, in general, about mental health and self-development is some kind of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Um, This has really helped with my relationships, just like understanding sometimes we say things that are hurtful, but they might not necessarily mean exactly what they say. Right. It's just they're upset and being cognizant of that they're upset and they're saying these things because they're upset, not because they're questioning our relationship, you know? Yeah, and that's that's them not being an emotionally intelligent because they're letting their behaviors be run by those intense emotions. And then for me to come back and then also be like, well, it hurts me when you say this, like I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. And it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to break that cycle. Yeah, and educate the other person. Probably not right at that moment, but eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Another barrier is our genetic set point that's been found where our baseline of happiness is. So research suggests that we're all born with a genetic happiness set point. I think we can all point out that we have these people in our lives, those people that are generally happy, generally in a good mood, and then those that are usually complaining and feeling annoyed by everyone around them. Um, Now, this can be somewhat discouraging to hear because you think, oh, I'm either born a happy person or not a happy person. That sucks. But the genetic (laughs) set point only accounts for 50% of our overall happiness. The other half is 10% being our circumstances and 40% intentional activities. So that 40% intentional activity is basically what we choose to do. So if I choose to practice gratitude, that's part of that 40%. So most of us try to improve our outside circumstances like jobs, the amount of money we have, if I get a fancier car, Um, I'll be happy, but what truly matters in regards to how happy we feel is our behaviors, Mm -hmm. what's going on in our mind, our mindset, and that's the 40%. Um, And side note, gratitude was also found to create more successful people. So if, you know, having a good job and a big check and a fancy car, gratitude can also really help you get there since it's found to make more people be successful so it's a win-win in terms of gratitude like you start enforcing that good thinking and the oh I'm gonna do this for my next job or I'm gonna do this that's gonna improve that and it's like all of that positive thinking kind of starts that cycle of positiveness if that's a word yeah definitely positivity positivity (laughs) there you go you can help me with that part. <laughs> it's late, guys. We're a little tired. Yeah, it is late. It's later for you than for me, but yeah. Y'all know I like to share personal experiences for some reason, so hopefully they don't <laughs> annoy you. 
No, I'm sure people love it. They have somebody to relate to. Yeah. So I kind of mentioned before that I had like childhood depression. Um, One of the things that I kind of realized now after being an adult was kind of where that negative thought process came into play. So a a huge barrier that I had to get over was holding a lot of resentment. And I'm just going to start out by saying my parents are amazing and they did everything in their control to be the best parents that they can be. So that being said, it was not easy having really strict parents. And my parents were really hard on me and their expectations were hard on me. They also had you know, just a lot of like old fashioned kind of upbringing. My family was very religious. Um, So, you know, for me as a child, I started to build up resentment and anger. And a lot of it was just because my dad kind of had anxiety going on and he didn't, you know, know how to deal with it necessarily. And, you know, seeing those emotions and his reactions my emotions and my reactions weren't necessarily the best either. So I started building up internal resentment against him. And I started having really bad depression. And that depression took me into, you know, my my young adult life. And I guess I didn't realize until I started going to trauma therapy and different types of, you know, all of the therapy that I went to, that I was able to start, you know, like that journey of healing. Um, And I actually found a silver lining that really pulled me through that. So I, I unfortunately, you know, my grandma had passed away a, a few years ago, and and that was really hard, uh, definitely on you know my family, and I saw you know my dad's side of the family who were kind of disconnected with just because um, he he's not you know as close uh, with with that side of the family. So that was the first time that I think in my adult life I really realized that my dad's upbringing was so different from mine. And I saw um, just from seeing my family and from, you know, hearing about them and everybody talking and, you know, getting to know one another kind of more as an adult, that there were a lot of things that I didn't necessarily understand because I had a different upbringing. Uh, my dad was, you know, had a had a drug problem when he was a teenager. He grew up not in a good neighborhood. Um, but basically, like, I realized that he did everything in his power to keep me shielded from the life that he had because he had such a rough upbringing. And I had to change my perspective and well, I didn't have to, but I did change my perspective. You chose to. Right. Um, to change my perspective. And instead of being upset because he wasn't the most emotionally compassionate individual, um, I started just being really grateful that I had a different leg up than some of my family did. And, mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of a big eye opener because knowing me and my emotional feelings, I probably would have gotten sucked up into a really bad life. And I'm happy that he turned his life around and did everything for us. And at that point, I stopped being my own victim. 
Right. And how much better does that feel? Like having that mindset is healthier for, for us. It's like so liberating. Yeah. It's like we don't have to live with that anger and resentment in our soul, in our body, and we can move on and choose to let it go and just, like you said previously, accept it, which is not an easy thing to do, but definitely worth it. And it just like continues to enforce itself because mm-hmm. even like the, the older that I get, I think the more emotionally intelligent I get. Mm-hmm. And I see, you know, more of like my dad and his intent. And I just feel so much gratitude mm-hmm. just for him, for my parents, for all the good things that they've instilled in me on how to work hard. Um, and then this really helped me pull through that specific trauma because it was traumatizing me for you know years yeah and it takes effort it's not easy and it doesn't come it doesn't come around when you say oh I want to be grateful and that's that like you said it takes it takes practice it's not a, a thing that will just happen overnight we have to actively practice it which means actively doing it Um, At first, it might be difficult to to come up to even come up with things to be grateful for Um, after, especially after a difficult or frustrating day. The last thing we feel like doing is being positive. But the more that we do it, the better we'll get at it until we see the shift in our mindset and attitude and how beneficial it is for us. And at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, the benefits greatly outweigh any barriers or obstacles that we might come up with. There's um, a quote that I wanted to also touch on um, from Dr. Emmons, who is the author of a book um, that's really good that I'll talk about later in our additional resources part. But He said, when one's identity is wrapped up in the perception of victimhood, the capacity for being happy and living a great life shrinks tremendously. And I just thought that really hit me the way that that was put into just to different words because it talks more about of the self-pity and the, the pity party that we talked about and how that takes away from from us feeling good and being happy. What would you recommend uh, to somebody who's trying to put this or trying to implement these practices? So the going into how to implement this, I would say that one of the easiest and most common ways is to keep a gratitude journal and write on it every day. So this can look differently for everybody. It could be every night you write three things that you're grateful for. Um, Mm -hmm. You tell someone you love them and why you appreciate having them in your life. That's a form of gratitude. Oh, I like that one. You can notice beauty throughout your day, like the ambience of a room or nature. Um, you can include an act of kindness in your day, volunteer and give back, uh, avoid gossiping or speaking badly about others, but instead compliment others. Commit to one day a week when you don't complain about anything and recognize when others do nice things for you or others reward effort so don't just reward achievement and accomplishment but also efforts whether that be with yourself or your partner people close to you or even people at work you can also be thankful when you learn something new uh, and see the growth and opportunity and in your mistakes and focus on your strengths 
you know, I like to hit on communities because communities are always helpful. Avoiding mm-hmm. negative communities. We talked about the pity parties, uh, the overthinking, negativity, enforcing bad, um, bad or negative thoughts. I like to remind myself that, uh, I mean, especially with dealing with trauma, like some situations are bad, some things are bad, but find the things that you're grateful for. So I was grateful for therapy. I was grateful for the support system that I have in my life. And I'm grateful mm-hmm. for the life that I'm living now. And sometimes just even being alive and, you know, just kind of embracing yourself and, and that emotional journey and where it's brought you. Um, and no longer letting those negative things kind of destroy or eat away at you. Yeah, and once you start to practice gratitude, you start to notice things that you didn't before. So your list is really good, and I also say those things often when I'm like, okay, I can't think of anything else right now, but you start to think of the smallest things. Like, I'm grateful for the cup of coffee that I had this morning. Mm-hmm. Or I'm grateful <laughs> about the temperature in this room. Like this room right now is really comfortable. And those are things that you wouldn't really think like right off the top of your head of, oh, what are you grateful for? You wouldn't say like the temperature of this room. Mm-hmm. Like you, people would probably look at you like, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> yeah. If you were doing like a gratitude exercise and that's what you said. But once you start to do this, you just are – you are – grateful for more right you mentioned like the coffee part so there's times that I just like drink because of course I drink my tea and I'm Mm -hmm. just like this tea is it right now like this is gonna make my day the best day and just saying that and like vocalizing (laughs) that I'm just like it's gonna be a good day Mm -hmm. the best way to implement gratitude is daily and making it a habit and part of your routine. This is the most, if not the only way to really uh, make this beneficial and reap its benefits. This is going to shift our mindset and the way that we view the world because we all view the world in a different way and our perception is what we see as our reality. I also like to make it a point to have gratitude in my relationship. I like to tell my husband how much I love him, how much I appreciate him every day and, you know, encourage one another. And he does the same. I also, you know, I talked about the trauma. Everybody has to find a silver lining, um, whatever that is for you. And I know it's hard when, when you have difficult situations to find a silver lining. But once you find that, just like keep thinking about it and keep hitting on it. You know, whatever that silver lining might be, it might even be like you've grown so much from that experience or your perception as a person has changed or you're going to be more compassionate for others who have gone through the same thing. I mean, I think to some extent having this podcast is another silver lining. So it's Mm -hmm. just re-encouraging positivity you know, just sharing that, I mean, sharing that with anybody. Some additional resources that I have found super helpful for myself in my own gratitude journey. I'd say the first one is Gratitude Happiness Journal app. So if you just look at that, if you look that up on on your phone, on the app store, this is what I personally use. Um, It sends me reminders throughout the day. It has positive affirmations and just some other positive quotes, but this is where I journal my gratitude on a daily basis. Another one is a book called Thanks, How the New Science of Gratitude Can Make You Happier by Robert A. Emmons. I highly, highly, highly recommend this book. 
You can also YouTube gratitude meditation and gratitude affirmations. Gratefulness.org is a really good resource as well as there's this website that has a list of gratitude exercises. It's daringtolivefully.com slash gratitude dash exercises. And that has a list of a lot of just different types of way that you can implement gratitude in your life. And I found a really empowering TED Talk, and it's talked specifically about gratitude and trauma. It's called The Three Keys to Gratitude to Unlock Your Happiness, and it's a whole step guide that can help you find gratitude in, in pretty much every kind of situation, and it's by Jane Ransom. Yeah, I loved her own personal story. Uh, I like how she added that in there. Thank you for listening today and stay growing. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Just look up at Growthology Podcast, no space.